Yo, yo, what's good? It's your boy Roy, and this is another Sync Gems episode. Today, we have Sean Carter. Sean Carter has a really unique upbringing and story. He was kind of born into music and started really making a name for himself early on working with so many artists and producers and people who took him under their wing. He tells it all in his story, but the really unique thing is Sean was in the studio with people like Jay-Z, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he also had, he was with uh, Kanye and like people from the top, 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 top of music. And he decided to leave it all. And by doing that, he actually opened the opportunity for sound design for his current career, for his work with the Washington Post and all these things that he's up to right now. But he really has a unique approach because he is doing things kind of the opposite. A lot of people start from the royalty route and then like gradually build it to the day job. And he kind of did it the opposite way. So I think that's a fascinating story and really worth listening to because we go a lot of back and forth and it's a unique uh, conversation form. We kind of, uh, you know, we speak, uh, we ask each other questions at a certain point and the conversation was really, really fun. Me and Sean were supposed to meet in Thailand, but that didn't happen. Anyhow, the hang was super cool and I hope you're gonna get a lot of value from it. If you want to support this podcast, if you want to help it grow, please, please, please rate and review it. Share it with who needs to hear it. Um, share the content, share the love, spread the love so it gets into more ears and, you know, I can have more amazing guests like that. Um, and you will see people have been spreading the love and I'm getting these amazing, amazing guests every week. So, so thank you for that. And, and if you want to keep sharing the love, then please do that. Another thing that really supports the podcast is when you press affiliate links and links that I share. I have been doing Michael Moss's Sync Music Business course. I'm in, I'm still in module one because there is so much to deep dive. This course is way cheaper. I've paid thousands of dollars for courses on sync. And this is by far a crazy game changer. And this, this surpasses everything. Definitely in the business area, I'm still doing the course, but just the business area is worth way more than the 200 and something bucks you pay for the course. So, I mean, grab it before the prices go up because really, 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 Michael Mahas, you can go back to the episode and listen to him. He knows his shit. So, yeah, I'm just recommending uh, you go and get this course because this course is a, wow, it's a, it's, it's a game changer for sure. And I will keep promoting this course because it is so fire. Um, yeah, press the link in the show notes if you want to support the podcast. And without further ado, my man, Sean Carter. Yo, Sean hey. Carter, what's good? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me on the show. Bro, if I wouldn't have 
put a, a stop to this pre-interview conversation, we would have just gone for hours. So <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather just capture this shit here. <laughs> Hot damn. Um, man, uh, you have a fascinating upbringing and I wanna hear all about it. Um, bringing you to here, to this moment, what is your uh, uh, story in music and in sync and in life? Just tell me about you, Sean Carter. Cool, man. Um, yo, thanks for having me on the show, first and foremost. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I'm watching everything you upload. The content is great and it's keeping me inspired, you know. Um, yeah, my name is Sean. I'm a music producer, audio engineer, and uh, recording artist. Kind of an all-around creative for sound and music. Never really had a very specialized thing. I just love it so much that I've just been grateful enough to put my hands on a, a bunch of different disciplines within the within the art form. Um, but yeah, man, I, I grew up. I guess my, I grew up in in, uh, in Bangkok, Thailand. Um, I moved to Bangkok when I was like 13 years old. Moved from the states. I was always playing music uh, in the states. I was in, in jazz bands and orchestras, so singing in the choir. Um, then we moved to Thailand. Um, I was. We moved to a place called Rayong, which is kind of three three hours uh, east of Bangkok. It's like a small fishing town. At least back then it was 1999. Small fishing town back then, and um, it was very isolated. So it was, I had a lot of time to just be by myself and listen to a bunch of different sounds and music. And I could go to a CD store and just buy all these records from around the world, and I could go back and like chop it up and and sample and just make these crazy beats from you know all these different sounds and i just fell in love with it man and that was kind of like my breaking point i'm like all right this is what i want to do for the rest of my life i'm going to be involved with sound or music in some capacity really, really didn't know where it could take me um and uh, around 16 years old we moved to bangkok the capital of thailand and i started recording out of the bedroom and like selling CDs on my backpack, you know the old school way. This Jeez. is before like streaming. <laughs> you had to actually have Whoa. like Hustler. a backpack full of CDs to, <laughs> to sell people, man. I'm showing my age, but um, I was doing stuff like that, and I caught the ear of a a record producer in Thailand, and he kind of brought me into the studio and was like, "You have a good ear, and like I can see what you're trying to do. Um, let's let's work on it." And I got my first. Um, recording deal and production deal at like 16 years old. So I was writing for artists, like major label artists in Thailand. I was uh, producing, I was doing a lot of ghost writing, a lot of ghost production. Um, and that was like my first, first like I knew I could do this for a living. And it was, it was awesome, man. Like I'm in the studio all night. My parents were cool with it. My parents were like, I would get out of school. I would go to the studio, record. Uh, yeah, I was basically in the studio all the time. And if I wasn't in there, I'd, I'd be at the house making more music. And we, you know, we hit the road, we do shows, we do tours. Uh, it was incredible. So I was like, all right, that's, that's all I'm doing for the rest of my life. Um, and after I graduated high school, I was accepted to the Savannah College of Art and Design, um, the scholarship in sound design and music. So I went to Savannah, Georgia and did a, the program in sound design. And that really like change everything man i kind of like showed me how i could make music and audio for film and media um, games not just like recording itself not just music itself but like how you can apply those same kind of principles across the board and different like areas of the art form and different um 
like platforms, you know? So that changed everything, man. I, I once I graduated out of uh, SCAD, I got a job working at the studio called uh, Silent Sound Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. It's not Silent Sound anymore. It's, I, I forgot the name of it now, but TI, TI owns it now. Um, but I was working there, like intern, assistant, um, you know, working with artists like Usher, T.I., and like Kanye, Jay, all these people coming in. And I was, you know, just a fly on the wall and just doing like a lot of patch bay routing. But that was also just another way for me to, you know, work with engineers and work with producers and train my ear and understand like what I should be doing and signal flow and vocal chains and things like that. So I'm just kind of piecing together my career. I'm like, I, you know, I still don't really know what exactly it is I want to do, but I'm I'm having fun and and um, after that, well, no, actually not after that. I was there for about a year and I asked the chief, like, what's the, you know, what's the chances of me becoming the chief engineer here or like a, the lead engineer here? And, and, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the way it works, like the, the structuring with like engineering, at least old school engineering, you're like an assist or your intern, your assistant, and then you become like engineer. But those like years are very, very like those years can vary in between each one. Like you could be an intern for three years and then you can be an assistant for four more years. And then you can finally become a lead after like seven or eight years. It takes a lot of time. And I was like super impatient. I was like, no, I, I can't, I can't stay here for like three years. So, um, I went, I went to post, um, post an audio, I'm sorry, post uh, sound for audio. And sorry, that makes sense. Post sound for film. Um, and I was like, I could just be a bit more creative. There really didn't feel like there was a ceiling and there really wasn't like a, this kind of waiting in the, in the wings kind of thing, which is, which is great if that's what you want to do to be an engineer. I just, I just realized that that wasn't the path that I wanted to take. Um, and then I was doing like, <clears throat> doing music composition for this company and also doing uh, like dialogue editing, uh, noise reduction, kind of fixing damaged musical cues um, and just fixing bad audio altogether. Um, and I was there for about a year and then a job offer came up in Bangkok, Thailand for uh, like a sound designer for their film company. It's a British film company. And I ended up taking that job or applying for that job and then like two weeks later, like I got the job offer and was flown out to, to Bangkok. Um, yeah, and I was there for, I was at this company for a year and we're doing um, advertisements, commercial spots all throughout Asia. And I was, I was everything from like the field location audio engineer doing pre-production and then like production in the field. And then also like taking that material back to the studio, doing mixing, dialogue editing, um, writing the music, um, everything, man. Like ADR, basically this uh, in-house sound guy <clears throat> for everything. So it was just once again like putting these puzzle pieces together to figure out like, all right, where am I? Where am I going with this? And what's what's going on? And I was always making music still, like just as an artist on the side and doing shows here and there. Um, but after that, that contract was over with that company, the British company, they gave me the offer to either stay in Thailand or I can, you know, fly back to the States. And I decided to stay in Thailand. And it was just so much, man, the accessibility back then, this was like 2013, 2014. Um, I just thought about it like, and if I'm being a little long-winded, just tell me like, yo, Sean, break it up. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but um, 
I thought about it like if I was in the States, if, I, if I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and I fly three hours or two hours, I'll be in New York. If I fly north, I'll be in New York. Two or three hours, I could fly to the west or Midwest. I could be in Chicago. If you do that in Thailand, you fly from Bangkok two hours. You can be in Singapore two hours. You could be in Vietnam two hours. You could be in KL five hours. You could be in China. So I'm just like, hmm, what's going on in this region? And it, it felt like there was this so much happening at that time that it didn't feel right to leave. It felt like this is the place to be at. It's exciting. There's so much going on. Um, and there's just different stories and projects that you could be a part of that are so unique. That's not happening in the West at all. So I stayed in, uh, in Thailand and started freelancing and started a company. And I was working all throughout Asia, Southeast Asia. Um, yeah, man, it was, it was like incredible doing everything from field audio production to writing music for uh, trailers, commercials, films, uh, features, songwriting for features. And uh, I mean, doing sound design for features doing sound design for commercials, basically a whole like a whole bu- or audio buffet of things that I was I was able to put my hands on. And I was extremely fortunate for that. And that's like really what built built me up to say, like, all right, got all these things. I've got music and where can I take all of this together and like really apply it um, with a, you know, with a team and be collaborative. Cause I was working alone for so long or just like joining different crews at specific times. And um, I applied for a job at the Washington post It's like the first uh, position for an audio engineer composer. And I got the job and I've been working at the Washington post for about a year and five months now as their audio engineer and composer for their podcast, post reports, um, other investigative projects. I've done music for a few things here and there, scored some commercial, I'm sorry, not commercial, scored some documentaries and also do like the audio for documentaries and film. And there's just, it's another, it's another one of those uh, things where I have a breadth of like different subjects and topics and material being thrown at me all the time. And I feel like my, my past and the jobs I've had prepared me for this to kind of attack different uh, elements of sound and music and different applications. Mm. Holy hell, man. I, f- I feel like a boring person now. You have made me feel horrible about myself. Holy hell. When she started making money out of music at like nine. <laughs> Dude. Shit, I should resign right now. No, um, bro, wait, not making wait, money. Wait. I was not making money for a no, long no, no, time. I'm, I was I'm, like, I am kidding, but you know, like it's <laughs> it's it takes something to know what you want so soon and to pursue it like you did, and also, you know, I, there were so many things that came up from this, but the the main things was first, you know, like the the ability to invest so much of your time in uh, like in a studio and and in becoming that and then realizing like having the actual balls to go nah this isn't I just been next to Kanye or Jay-Z but I, I, I don't think that's the thing for me you know like a lot of people yeah. would not miss that opportunity because they wouldn't even get to the studio with them yeah so but it, your ability to like just decide fuck that, you know, to me, it's admirable because it's like an opportunity that other people would say, oh, what a fucking, 
what, what a dumbass, you know? Yeah. But yeah, to absolutely. me, yeah. it was, it's like, it's huge. Like being able to know yourself to the point where you're like, I deserve to be there. Yeah, I know it takes some time. Well, it's for me, it's not going to take that much time and I'm going to do it my way. Um, so that's a huge thing I wanted to double click on. And then another thing that really, that, um, really stuck out to me was the fact that you were in Thailand, you were doing basically work for hire. And I have a, a question for that. How does that work with, let's say, royalties? Because you are a gun for hire, you're getting paid a paycheck but you're also like doing things for these films and, and, uh, and, and ads and all these things. How does that work within, let's say, the sync slash royalty uh, uh, realm? Yeah, the, well, I guess like that's the, the downside of, of uh, not having or not being a part of a PRO in overseas or in Thailand because I, or the contracts I was doing, they were basically working straight to brief so I would get projects and I'm like, hey, this is what we're looking for. This is the kind of the zone or the flow that we're looking for. This is the reference. Um, but it was straight up work for hire. There was no royalties whatsoever. It was just like, we will give you an upfront fee and you let us know how long we can use this for. And then that's it. So I never received any royalties from the stuff that I did uh, within Thailand itself. Um, now the stuff I did, like when I was in Thailand doing stuff for the States, it's a bit different or like for Europe, it's a bit different. But when it came to Asia, it was no royalties, mm. which gotcha. is like the, the downside of it all. Yeah, interesting. I, I mean, like I've, I've had a conversation with a really insane uh, um, producer that makes, uh, makes all his money from royalties, which is mm. insane. An insane thing by itself. Uh, he's too shy to talk on the podcast, but he's uh, oh, really? an insane, insane dude. But what, what he was saying was when you get paid a big upfront, you, in, you, you basically, it's basically like a show paying you a few thousand dollars uh, uh, throughout the years, right? But it's, yeah. it's right there and there and uh, then and there which uh, gives it less of the passive feeling, but it's still, you still mm -hmm. get paid for it. It's just like, uh, um, same lady in a different dress, I guess. Like that's how we say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How we say in Israel, you have an Israeli <laughs> wife. So um, maybe you know that, but um, so, you know, like, but let me, let me just circle back to, to the other thing that came up uh, for me with this. What, um, what got you to do all these things that you did, like with, with just these pivots and these changes and this belief in yourself? What, what do you think drove that? Uh, I think what drove that, man, is that I had very early on, I had like influential engineers, influential producers that I look up to and my parents as well, who were just like, you got to do your own thing. You know, like you, you have the skills don't be afraid to push back. And I think I would have, I definitely wouldn't have had like those kind of pivots if I didn't have that kind of like support in the background of them saying like, Hey, you grew up different. You've seen different things. You've heard different things. Like you've, you, your ears are trained to different things. You shouldn't expect to be in the same place as such and such because they didn't, they don't have that. They weren't exposed to that. So you have to find out your own path. And once I started thinking like that, like, okay, I have to find my own path and kind of carve out this unique role. It's not going to be something that I can 
search online for. It's not going to be something I can go to LinkedIn and type in the, you know, I'm looking for this job. It doesn't exist. You're going to have to go and create yourself. And then those opportunities will come towards you. So once I had like that kind of backing and that mind state, it really made it way easier for me to push through and like be really confident in the decisions that I was making. So, so coming from that, um, coming from that, what is the next thing that you, you're looking to create for yourself? Oh man, just, uh, just, just more, just more, man. I, I guess it's more music and, or, and just better, like more quality. And, you know, when, just to circle back about the royalties thing you were talking about, like now I'm, I'm back in the States and I'm like just creating a ton, like a ton of music for a catalog so I can start getting these, these royalties and, and working with uh, more Western music agencies and sync agents to, you know, get these, these royalties popping because I didn't miss out on a lot of it. Um, which I said was like a negative, but it was also a positive. It was a, it was a downside to, of course, like, you know, not going to get these royalties, but it also gave me the scope of work to like, Hey, I can, I can do this and I can actually use this as a stepping stone to get to, um, the next step. Um, so yeah, man, I'm just trying to just do bigger things and have more fun and put out more music and, you know, share the love where I can and help out other engineers and producers. Yeah. And you know, like, uh, and to what you were saying, a lot of people have day jobs on their journey to become a full-time uh, uh, music composer. You have become a full-time music uh, guy in order to reach the point where you're now making uh, stuff for royalties. But it's just like, it, it's, there's no one way, you know, to, 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 to yeah. skin this cat. It's, it, there are so many ways. And I think that's the, the huge takeaway. Like, I mean, if you're doing music full-time now and that is your dream job, then wait with sync a few years. Like, I mean, the royalties will yeah. still be happening in five years. I mean, yeah. I don't know how the market will look or whatnot, but, but you know, like if this is what feeds you right now, if this is what you're, the, the, the job that you're creating from yourself, there will be something on, like there will be something that is next. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. I mean, like the podcast about sync, right? But, but I mean, to me, if, uh, um, if you've created your stability through something that is the thing that people work their whole life to create for themselves, yeah. then, well, hell yeah, go ahead. There are so many people who are um, working tech job, a tech job because they have to yeah. support their family or they're working other, uh, I have a friend who works at FedEx. I have a friend, I have friends who do everything. Um, and basically that's their dream. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, grateful, <laughs> forever grateful. Yeah, so, I mean, let's say in, 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 your, in your place, in your position, you know your style, you know your production, you know your mixing, you know, how would you define yourself as a professional in three words? Hmm, I'd say uh, versatile, uh, flexible and hmm, I guess communicative. Like I, those, those three, I, I would say versatile, uh, flexible and communicative. I feel like those three are like always like the, the biggest things I've looked at uh, engineers. I looked up to producers. I looked up to composers. I looked up to, um, 
Because if I'm working for a company or a client, then those three things are like, you got to have those three things. You're not working for yourself. But if I'm writing music for myself as an artist, those three things are still like, they hone in, man, because time is of the essence and trying to get things done, be flexible, be versatile and like be open, be open about what you're feeling, be open about what you're not feeling, be open about what you're trying to do and try to communicate that the best way possible. It just makes everything faster. Mm. And what's a, let's say, uh, I mean, what is a mistake you see people do over and over again who, let's say, are trying to do something like you are doing? Oh, man, I think like, that's a tough question. I I feel when people ask me, I, I don't know how to answer that question because I don't know what your, what people's exact goals are, what their end goal is, or like what they're trying to do. When, when people ask me questions like that, I would probably think not trying things or kind of limiting yourself in one area or just like, I'm only going to do this and that's all. And I'm just going to close every other lane and any other opportunity that comes at me. Not knowing that a certain opportunity could open up a whole nother lane for you and music and sync and, and audio that you would have no idea about. And I think that's really what's like changed for me. It's just like being open and experiencing things and maybe not saying yes to every job, but if I didn't say yes to a lot of them, I definitely wouldn't have the experience and like the knowledge to take me to that next step. So I would say that mistake of like just being closed minded and thinking there's only one way with music and audio, there's like, there's, like you said, man, there's a million ways to do this. So keep open mind. I don't know if that's, that's probably like so vague. <laughs> it's like vague. So, I'll just so like, generic. Be open minded. You suck. <laughs> Scratch this interview. Nah, man. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, man. I, and I, I mean, like, I can say from my own perspective that I, I, I lack these sometimes. Like, I lack flexibility at times and I lack versatility and it costs me years. Like, I mean, it actually cost me years of needing to figure out by myself as opposed to being collaborative mm -hmm. um, and actually realizing, hey, I'm real, my vocals are really fucking solid, but my uh, production's not there yet. But mm -hmm. I was super stubborn and I kept like hustling and hustling and hustling and grinding and grinding and grinding and working coffee shops and coffee shops and, and doing other shitty jobs for years until I, I, it finally started clicking for me. But until that point, I was just just like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Taurus, so we are stubborn people. And uh, I actually do believe in that. Um, and I was just basically going into the wall, like boom, 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 until I, and so there was no flexibility for me, but I do feel like, I, I, I wouldn't have it any other way, but I do feel like it cost me years. Um, and, and there had to be a certain, um, I had to give up my identity as a something, as a someone, as a, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Like as, uh, just like you gave your identity as uh, the guy who works mixing and then, or engineering and all these things. And then you just like moved on to the next one, onto the next one, onto the next one. You just became a jack of all trade like that. And, and people know they can trust you. So, and, and that is bigger than everything because I mean, sink money doesn't just pour like pour rain on you. It doesn't happen like that. You have to know the people. You have to have the people like you, and the people communicate with you. In the end of the day, how do you uh, view 
communication and community. What's what what is that? What what life has that? What um, what has that meant in your life? Man, community and communication is probably the biggest thing ever. And I've always like struggled to feel part of a specific community just because of like the way I was. You know, the music I would be making would either be, oh, it's too hip hop or it's too electronic. It's not pop enough. It's not commercial enough or it's too commercial. I've always never really fit in one specific box. Um, so that's why uh, community was always, I was always yearning to be a part of like a certain community. And like, I would go kick it with the engineers and the engineers would be like, oh, you're more of a producer than an engineer. They're like, well, kick it with the producers. And I'm like, oh, you're more of an engineer than a producer. And I'm like, kick it with the artists. And I'm like, yeah, you're an artist, but you're more of this. And, you know, so it's, I've never really found that community. And uh, when I did finally find it, I, you know, I've been searching for it. Like I'm, I'm in the desert thirsting, man. Like I'm just mm. by myself. I'm like you say, hitting walls over and over again. And I'm going crazy. And when I was in uh, Bangkok, I found this community of like like-minded musicians and artists and like writers and just all these different disciplines of art and that we form this cool like this cool little community man and i feel like bangkok is really special in that way where there are all these different pockets of of like underground music and then like commercial music and then live artists and just a whole like ecosystem of people doing really cool shit and and blending in with these this community and I could share work and we could openly talk about what's dope and what's not. And like, Hey, you need to change this line or Hey, let me throw some chords on that on top of that for you. And like that collaboration, that community, man, it was like so imperative because I can only do so much. I can only think so much. And sometimes I'll think myself out of a good thing. You know, sometimes I'll be by myself and be like, yeah, this track sounds good. Actually it sucks. I'm going to delete all these tracks and just like, keep it, keep it bare bones or, or overproduce something. And then I'll play it for someone else. And they're like, dude, you, you did too much. Just take out, mm. take out six of those tracks. Like those mm. ears, those opinions, that feedback, especially when it's constructive is so, so imperative, man. And like being able to take that feedback and actually not be offended or like not be super sensitive about it. And knowing that it's, you can trust people when they, when they give you that feedback is so imperative and important. So yeah, find your community, man. It took me a long time to get it. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny uh, you say that, but yeah, having a few people you trust their ear is just yeah. so, so valuable. I cannot, I cannot even stress that enough. It is so, oh, like it's, it, it is uh, overlooked and just, I, I've, I've realized it just when I started working with a lot of labels um, where they're like, oh, do you hear that little thing in the mids you have? And I'm like, what? And then I listen again and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, what, right. <laughs> what are you, how did I, why did I do that? You know, like, but, but until that point, I heard it 300 times and it was cool, you know? Yeah. So, I, I mean, having that, that community in some sort uh, or shape, way or form is just like so, so, so important, man. I, I 100% um agree yeah 100 percent. are you are you a vocalist man are you so you are you you said you were you were talking about your your vocals are you a vocalist you're singing yeah yeah I, i'm i don't nice. know if you uh 
Yeah, if you if you have a look at my portfolio and everything, it's my vocals on everything. So oh, I, okay, cool. I, yeah, I do a lot of a lot of rap. So okay. um, yeah, I, oh, I, I what? To, we need to collab, man. I don't know y'all. Right, yeah, we definitely got to collab. Yeah, let's do yeah, that. Yeah, we are here, man. I'm I, I I learned it the hard way. I learned it in New York, like in. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got That's shit on. I got <laughs> shit on. This is the first time that I talk about it, actually. Yeah, but I got shit on. Um, for like in what years? Do you feel like that was that like helped you though? Like that oh, really yeah. that toughened you up and like all right, I'm gonna get my bars. Like oh man, like it was uh, just to see the the talent there. It's like it's so humbling. People who are their mind is already in the end of the song, in the end of the freestyle when they start. Yeah, I never learned to freestyle properly, but I understood. Um, I, I surrounded myself with it and I understood what hits that way, yeah. you know? I, I understood what hits me because there's no, it's subjective, but um, it really shaped me, the, the hustle, the battles, the, the just like yeah. uh, um, performing and getting like people to, to react to me as a, as a, a white person wearing glasses. Um, yeah. And rapping and 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 having uh, getting respect from people who have been doing it since they were born was yeah. to me the biggest biggest thing. But I, it was just like so much hustle in that. Uh, and yeah, New York was was tough. I can really I'll give it to you. Like it's uh, everybody who lives there all their lives like tough people. It's a tough city, man. Yeah, it, that's that's funny you say. I can relate to that in so many ways because growing up in Thailand, I would be like writing music and writing my bars and recording my bars here. And then I would go back in the summer to America to either like see my family in Philly, New York, or Atlanta. And my cousins would be like, all right, I'm going to see how good you are. We're going out to the block and let's see how good you are. So I would go out battling people every summer and I would get killed, man. Like I would get killed and they would roast me and like light you, just light me on fire. But that gave me so much motivation. Like, all right, I'm not coming out here next summer and getting beat again. I'm gonna go back to. I'm gonna go back home. I'm gonna lock it. Like, get in the studio, lock it up, and come back and battle. And I remember, like, that was like the summer when I was like 17 years old. I came back and finally, like, it was like the neighborhood. You know, the neighborhood OG who was like a monster with battle rap. And then I finally got him, man. It was like one of those moments in my life where I'm like. Yeah, I could like it was, that meant so much to me. That meant more than winning like any kind of award. It was like that is the feeling of like respect and like you know like that self like yeah, I can do this. I can do this, man. I am. I I do have a pen. You know, like, yeah. it was a whole yeah. different thing. You know. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, it's it's just so interesting with uh, with vocals, especially. I mean, with rap and making it sound interesting because so uh, um, so many people sound like the next right. Yeah. Um, and and being uh, able to, for me, it was, I understood that okay, I can, I love Kendrick. Like I I I would sound like him if I had to sound like anyone. But, you know, like I was inspired by Linkin Park when I was growing up. I was inspired yeah. by uh, uh, Ray Charles when I grew up. Like my mother used to crank that all the time, and Aretha yeah. Franklin, and all these things. So how do I? how do I take them and put them together? And, you know, like it got me to a place where, you know, like w where I am blessed enough today to, to choose who to work with and who to say no to. 
um, as a start, you know, like the, this is a big thing, you know, it, it, just the ability to do what I absolutely freaking love most in the world. It took a minute, right? It took me 10 years, but, sure. but to be in that position where I can, I can, uh, um, I can, I can sing into the mic and people will know that it's me. Yeah. You know? That's amazing, man. So, yeah. and, and that's, that's why sync is so powerful to me because I think that there is in sync, people have, you have a voice. Yeah, you're not gonna make uh, the, that Tom Cruise money, right? You're gonna yeah. make at best a few, uh, like a six figure check, which is amazing. Oh, but yeah. I mean, uh, um, the, the, the thing is about, uh, the thing about sync is that it's not only there forever, it's, it's paired to visuals forever. Exactly. I mean, I don't know where the metaverse or everything will be in, in like 20, 30 years, but it's just like, it's so powerful, like it's it, it, to me. Um, so the ability to have your voice attached to something that is so, uh, um, that you don't know how long it'll live, to me is just like so, so, uh, in fact, there's no way to put a value on that. Absolutely, man, yeah, yeah. And that, I don't know if it was like this for you, when you started rhyming and rapping, did you, was there a clear picture in your head that you could do like, did you go rhyme for, for sync or was it like the, did you stumble upon it? Did someone put you on like, Hey man, you have good vocals. You should do this for this like film or commercial or, or was this something that you uh, had already went into knowing that you could do that? I never knew, man. Like I, I yeah. to be honest, like the way I got into sync was so, co was so weird and coincidental. I was in Denver and I was broke and, and I, and I was like, whoa, there's another way I can make music. That was like five, five years ago. And then I made an album and kept going with my life. Um, yeah. and doing the side hustle. Um, and just like a, a few years later, I, I got a huge check for only these four, like these four tracks got placed. So I got a, a bit of royalties and it was only okay. four songs, right? Like people sometimes place a hunt, put a, a hundred tracks in libraries and don't get anything. From the get go, I was getting paid for these tracks. And I was like, okay, it's 200 bucks. Like it was, it seemed to me like nothing, but it was, wasn't. But yeah. um, a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, suddenly I get, um, I, I get hit up by BMI. And I'm like, I have a weird feeling. I was telling my girlfriend now, she wasn't my girlfriend at the time. I was like this, I have a weird feeling. I opened the email, I see four grand. Ooh. Yeah, four grand from my music that I placed five years ago. And then I was like, holy shit, I gotta get back in. And you know, like, and, <laughs> yeah, and, man. Yeah. And, at the, and at the time, I, I mean, uh, at this, this whole time, I was just like making my artist music, doing my thing, um, writing my bars, but not really reaching anyone. And I was like, man, like if I, if I really tap into this world, I can tap in, not through like these TikToks and like, not through these things, but just like through visuals that yeah. are meant to touch you, um, that are, are, are like done by actors, by people who are actually do this for work. And I can make the music that sits behind them and my voice can sit behind them. It just like made sense, you know, it's, it's after years of doing it. I, I never yeah. knew where it would take me. I wanted yeah. to be famous at some point, but you know, like it's, it's just like doing this just fills me up so much. Uh, uh, yeah. So. I have the same, like the, the same 
experience, but I was, I was doing a lot of live shows and I was rapping. I was probably doing like three or four live shows a, a week, man. I was, I was rapping quite a lot. Um, I put some albums out and I was just kind of touring around Asia. And I remember I was in Bangkok rapping at this club one night and one of the guys came up to me afterwards, a guy in the crowd came afterwards and said, hey man, you have a nice voice for film. You ever thought about that? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what is he talking about? I was like, voice for film, what? Like voiceovers? He's like, no, like you, you're, when you rap, it sounds cinematic. Mm. And I was like, huh? And he's like, I work for a music agency. Come and talk to me in a couple of weeks. I think I have a project that will work for you. And I went to the studio and he's like, this is the film we're working on. It's like, it's a little advertisement. But you think you could write something? We have an instrumental, you think you could write and then rap and then rap that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So we sat down and did it. And once I rapped it and saw it, saw like the marriage of the visuals and the, and the lyrics, I was like, oh my God, like, what have I... Why have I not been doing this, you know, mm. sooner? And yes. yeah, it changed everything from then on. And that's when I was like, I'm really going to, I'm going to start doing this like for real. I, I didn't even know that I could be doing things like this, man. So yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you on that relate to that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then like, once you find your voice, it's just like understanding that, that to me, it's just to me, it's my strategy of doing it. It's just understanding where I can really shine. And for me, mm-hmm. that that was just like I can make really, really unique cinematic hip hop, and yeah. then and and then for me, when, once I pair the two, there's no doubting about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. We have so much to talk about. But man, um, what's what's next for you? And what piece of advice would you leave people who are listening to this and mm. and need a piece of advice? Uh, I guess what's next for me is um, I am just training my ears, I'm becoming a better producer. I want to become a better engineer. I'm learning. I'm just learning more, man. And I just there's nothing. There's not enough that you can learn about music and audio because it's just like an endless, endless pit of knowledge and stuff. So I'm just always listening to new stuff, experimenting with new stuff. I'm working on a new solo album. I'm doing a ton of music for Sync. I'm getting a catalog built up for sync and then also doing a lot of stuff to brief. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm just working hard at the Washington post and, and getting, getting my chops up, man. It's, it's incredible. I'm, I feel like I'm in a good place to really be extremely creative with my artwork and, and music. And, uh, and I haven't felt like that in a long time. So now it's, it's time to really take off this year and, and take it to the next level with sync music, audio and everything all in between, man. It's, I, I feel like it's all the same to me. So yeah, I'm just going to just keep going and, and just stay positive and, and keep an open mind. Um, but I would say for anyone, any up and coming artists, producers, getting into sync, getting into music, yo, just it is a numbers game and it is a time game. OK, like this thing takes time. Like, don't get on Instagram or TikTok thinking you're going to blow up overnight. It's not going to happen. You know, when we grew up, there was no social media. Like, it was very, ex- it was expected that this is going to take some time, you know. And the, the OGs used to tell me, like, this is going to take some time. Um, and I'll share this piece of advice with you that one of the engineers I look up to, his name is Exit. He's an engineer for Usher and, like, a host of other incredible artists. I'm sitting with him um, actually in the Climax. I remember that song by Usher called Climax. It was produced by Diplo. Um, this came out in like 2014, 2013. Uh, but I was sitting there in the mixing room with Exit and I'm talking with him about stuff and I'm playing him some of my tracks here and there, you know, when he's not mixing. And he told me something. He said, he said, uh, 
what you're doing is going to take you a long time to get to. But once you get there, the rewards will be, you will not be able to, to like, uh, what's, what's the words? It's going to take a long time to get to where you're going. But once you get there, the awards will be incredible. It's going to be something you never even thought of. But you have to keep going. You have to keep going. It's going to take you some time. So that would be my advice. And that's what I always put the battery in my back when I'm feeling low or down, is that whatever you're doing, it may take you some time to get there. But really, the rewards are incredible, man. The feeling, the, the financial aspect of it, the respect aspect of it, the creative aspect of being an artist and feeling that way and just waking up saying like, hey, I get to do this every single day is one of the things that just makes you, it makes life worth living every single day, man. So yeah, that's what I would give. I would give my advice to keep learning and just keep going because a lot of people drop out. They can't, they stop. Maybe they get frustrated. Just keep going and things will open up to you as long as you stay open-minded and be nice to people. Just be nice, be cool, and it'll, it'll work out for you. Yeah, and to chime in, every year that you go on, 100 people fall. So just like keep, keep, stay on that, stay on that uh, branch because, yeah, you will, you will get there in the end, whatever it yeah. is. Um, yeah. Where can people find you? Um, I'm on uh, Instagram. Instagram, my Instagram is UNDA World Underworld. That's my stage name. Mm-hmm. Um, so y'all can find me there. I'm also on LinkedIn, Sean Carter. That's really all I use. <laughs> I'm going to use, I try to keep it like some, you know, small so I can just focus on two things and then get back to the music. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, thanks for coming on the show, man. It was a pleasure. Of course, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Yo, thanks so much for listening. If you want to hit up Sean Carter, his details are in the show notes. And also, Michael Moss's course is linked in the show notes. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Share the love on socials repost, reshare, whatever the kids do today, just do that, spread the love. It, it really helps with everything. It helps me to, to see that this is making an impact. So thank you again for listening. Love y'all. See you in the next one. Sync Gems. Peace.